It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Welcome to Daily Tech News Show Labs Edition. I'm Tom Merritt, and we're back with another interview. This time, very happy to have artist Shayla Maddox along with us. How's it going, Shayla? Hi, it's going really, really well. Thank you for having me. Thank you uh, for joining us. I, I, I love getting a chance to talk to you because you fund yourself on Patreon, you yes. have science and technology as an influence, but you're an artist and I don't get a chance to talk to artists that often doing a tech news show. That's true. I mean, there haven't been a lot of us for um, a little while. We're trying to catch up in the tech world. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start there. Tell me a little bit about how science influences your art, where it fits in your process and such. Well, I've been obsessed with astronomy since I was a little girl. And there was part of me when I was growing up that always thought, oh, maybe I'll be a physicist or an astronomer or something. But um, I, I don't like math a whole lot. And um, I don't <laughs> That's like... That's how I uh, ended up in journalism. I know that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I kind of just tried to channel that into um, a, different, a different interest and... And uh, since my mom was always an artist, um, it was really easy for me to pick up. And um, at a time in my life when I was sort of transitioning from being an actor, which I'd sort of grown up doing acting um, as a kid in and around L.A., um, to something I wanted something a little bit more that I had creative control over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of stumbled into painting because it seemed to me like the best way to communicate how I saw the universe and what was interesting about astronomy and science to me. Um, and the thing that I found really interesting was to me, science is just so profound and beautiful and um, very, very awe inspiring. And um, I think a lot of people don't view it that way. They view science as a much more um, technical, uh, methodical um, type of, of interest, which it is, thankfully. But um, I see it uh, in such a almost spiritual way. Um, and so that's sort of where my art came to be. I was really interested in, um, you know, when you view a night sky or the full moon um, and then, you know, getting even farther into the images from the Hubble uh, telescope, those are so incredibly beautiful and so awe-inspiring that 
um, to me, it, it almost lends itself to just a spiritual aspect. I can't help but look at photos like that and be moved um, emotionally. And so that's what's re really interested me. And I wanted to kind of show people the way that I viewed um, something that is otherwise a little bit, um, a little clinical mm -hmm. in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I'm, t I'm tempted to almost overstate the this, but that's an important perspective because we often are told, well, there's art and there's science. And, right. and I think even more art patrons than artists themselves, but there's this stereotype of, of the artist eschews science and, right. and, and, and fundamentals and that sort of thing. And, you know, I've, I've got Starry Night. Uh, not the original, obviously, <laughs> hanging up yeah, here in my studio, which to me is is on that cross section as well. Yes. So I think it's important for people to realize that that spirituality and science and technology and art they they aren't exclusive. They don't have to exist in separate containers. Right. Very much. I mean, creativity is honestly the thing that connects all of them. So, I mean, we really have so much more in common in this um, artists and scientists are both coming up with new ideas and trying to push them forward. Um, so it's not it's not as different as we often judge it to be. And, and there's multiple ways of understanding things, right? Like this, yes. this is another way of trying to understand the world around you. Absolutely. Very much so. Well, let's talk a little bit about the medium you work in. Tell us about the materials you use and, and, and how your works are constructed. Well, I make light reactive paintings is what I call them. I'm a mixed media artist. Um, my work is all done on canvas or panels, so it hangs on the wall, but it's very sculptural. I use primarily acrylic, and then I will also add uh, various earth elements that interest me, things like beach sand from specific locations or sea salt, um, uh, hand collected in certain areas around the world. I use things like crushed garnet and um, glass, um, all kinds of just interesting things. I've even used cinnamon at one point mm. um, that that create an interesting texture and allow me to to build up um, the acrylic into interesting shapes and patterns. The specific thing that makes my art really interesting is the phosphorescent pigments and that causes the art of course to change colors and glow in the dark which is the really exciting thing for me for, i wanted to do that from the second i started painting i was oh, so really that interested was right, right from the beginning that's right like, from the start wow. that's what what i think was interesting to me um it's sort of funny um when my husband and i were in our early 20s we would go to raves and things like that in and around la and I would be watching some of these artists um, in black lights painting these really elaborate um, murals on the wall. But they would be things like butterflies mm. and, um, you know, I don't know, traditional kind of 70s black light imagery. Yeah, that kind Yes. Of, yeah. And I was watching them and I just instantly thought it was like, you know, I could do this a lot better <laughs> <laughs> or a lot more interesting anyway. And so instantly I was like, having ideas. And that's between that and my interest in astronomy, um, it kind of came together as the perfect medium for me and the perfect thing to express what it is that is interesting about it. The, the 
really cool aspect for me about the phosphorescent pigments is that it allows each one of my paintings to have a different look uh, all day long, depending on what the lighting condition mm-hmm. is. So in the daytime, um, my art, it looks like a, a regular, full, very colorful, saturated painting. That's very important to me that if if you didn't know it glowed in the dark, you would still think, oh, you know, obviously that's a finished mm-hmm. work of art right there. But then the exciting part is um, later in the day, so the sun goes down, you can turn on a black light and it actually makes it shine a completely different mm-hmm. color. And then beyond that, end of the evening, turn the black light off when you're ready to sleep, it glows all night long. Um, without, I, and I use a strong, strong, strong uh, phosphorescent pigment. So it's much different than the craft paint that we had perhaps, you know, in the 80s mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that kind of thing. Then this the glow-in-the-dark butterfly sticker that I would yes, yeah, exactly. stick on my <laughs> notebook or whatever. This well, is, you, this you, is what, you've matured glow-in-the-dark. You've, yes, you've, well, you've elevated it. I I like to think so. I mean, it's definitely not um, just for kids. And I think a lot of us now who grew up with a a bunch of glow-in-the-dark products when we were kids um, are able to enjoy uh, these things in a completely different way. I mean, it doesn't doesn't have to be um, childlike, even if it does actually stoke that childlike wonder in us, Mm -hmm. which is part of what's really fun and exciting for me. I mean, it makes me feel like a little kid, a little bit. I I make paintings and then to have them glow in the dark is just really fun. Yeah. I mean, just because finger paints exist for kids doesn't mean painting is a kid's thing, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's it's a whole different situation. Yes. I'm curious a little bit about the phosphorescence. Uh, Is is it something off the shelf? Is it something you have to special order? I mean, what kind of material is that? Or is is there just the one kind and it's it's in the kid's stuff and your stuff? (laughs) Um, No, it's definitely different. Um, It's the, the pigments that I use are uh, derived from rare earth minerals. So they're, mm. they're actually natural. Um, so kind of and, the same stuff that's in your phone. Yes. I mean, it, very much. You, we know in huh. nature, um, and you've been in museums and things that um, show uh, black lights on certain rocks and minerals, mm-hmm. um, and they glow. And so those exist in, in nature anyway. We're just now finally getting to a point where we can refine them and uh, mass produce them. When I was first starting out, um, like 2003, it was almost impossible to find these things. The only things really available were the kids' glow-in-the-dark paint. Right. And I kind of played around with that, but obviously that wasn't creating the strong effect that I wanted. So I started researching and sourcing on my own. This was, you know, a w- long time ago. Um, people who were selling the phosphorescent pigments directly to NASA and to fire stations and fishing companies who were making um, lures and things like that uh, out of them. And so I, I was sourcing from people like that for the longest time. It was all special orders. And then finally, um, probably about a little less than 10 years ago, five or 10 years ago, um, companies started picking up uh, the trend. And now it's actually just available all over the internet. If you did a search for phosphorescent pigments, you would find multiple companies um, around the world. I use uh, pigments from a company called Art and Glow. It's art, the letter N, glow.com. And the reason I like them is because um, they focus specifically on making artist quality phosphorescent pigments. Hmm. So everything's a much different world now. It's much easier to acquire these things than it was. So when you say rare earth elements, I'm assuming it's not 
cobalt uh, or, no. you know, or uh, but but what what are they? I know zinc sulfide. Is that right? Is, is zinc sulfide one? is one of them. Um, gosh, if you, you're going to school me. I would have to look <laughs> up um, the the exact uh, yeah. I don't need compositions. you to, to, to run through a list of all of the chemical names, but right. But I, I'm just curious. I guess where my head's at is what's the overlap? You know what what things might be in um, the technology around us, but also in your art. Cause that, that seems like a cool crossover. In the technology around us. Well, um, so zinc sulfide, um, I'm, I'm trying to like look it up right now. Cause zinc sulfide, I know it. The reason I know it at all is it's used in, in optics. Uh, right. So it, it might be in, in your camera. There's actually each one is, is different. They're not all based off of like the same chemical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's what makes it a little bit more complicated too. um, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting a good search. It's <laughs> no, it's very okay. chemical names, which is why. Oh, here's one: strontium aluminate. That's oh, okay. another common one. Strontium sounds familiar. Like I've definitely seen yes. that around before. So um, it's 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 a science for sure. I mean, I um, am not schooled enough on how they acquire these because I'm just benefiting from right. the fact that they do it. <laughs> Yeah, and that and that's that's always going to be an issue with any kind of rare earth mineral because it's rare, uh, yes. because it's hard to extract. Uh, you know, there there are going to be concerns about how it's how it's taken, but there are ways to get this stuff in an ethical way, and there are ways that aren't. Uh, that's, yes, that's a, that's a separate. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. For topic, for sure. Right. <laughs> That's, I mean, and, and uh, I, I'm very passionate about that, that topic mm-hmm. because yeah. I feel always a little bit, um, gosh, um, I feel a little weird sometimes with my materials because I use acrylic and I always joke that my paintings will be around, you know, for <laughs> a long time. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. I have a friend who, who honestly goes in and sources her materials um, from nature. So she, she makes the pigments oh, wow. from the rocks 
And that's incredible to watch happen um, in a very beautiful process. But it's a heck of a lot of work, as you can imagine. I mean, she's literally um, pounding the stone into a fine powder and it takes a long time and a lot of elbow grease. And so, (laughs) I mean, I love that style um, of art, but the, at least right now with um, the, the art that I make, I can't figure out how to how to do that. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you're at so many intersections. You're at the intersection of, of science and art and spirituality. You're at the intersection of, of chemical materials and, yes. and, or, and organic materials. And honestly, chemical materials are organic materials. Yes. They're just ones that we've <laughs> modified a little bit. Sometimes not even exactly. that much. A lot of the really horrible sounding chemicals are taken straight out of the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. Just in its pure form. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and you're at this intersection of of the viewer i in other words the time of day that i see it is going to yes. change my experience of the art that's it's it there's i love that through line uh of the story of what you make well one of my favorite things is that i'll make a painting and i can take as many pictures as i can when the light changes in my house and that sort of thing but i'll send it off to its collector and a couple years later even the collector will email me and say oh my gosh i had no idea that there was this copper tone in the painting and because the sun happened to be at a certain angle and mm. um either it was cloudy or not cloudy or something was just different in the formula and they'll be so excited because it's a brand new element that they've just discovered years into owning the painting. And oftentimes it's something that I didn't know myself. I couldn't have predicted because I don't know what their lighting situation is. So the painting is honestly, it feels like this living thing that continues sort of changing or um, evolving even without my input after it's out of my hands. So. That's pretty cool. So when, when people were freaking out about the blue and yellow dress, you're like, have I got something for you? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and f- folks, if you want to kind of see an example of that, uh, Shayla has on her shop page, shaylamaddox.com slash shop. It looks like one work in, in different lights, in different situations. Yes, that's. Um, I, I try to post photos of at least uh, the three main lighting conditions in natural light, um, just sort of near a bright window, but not mm-hmm. in direct light. Um, I, I do a mixed version. That one's always kind of fun between normal interior lights inside your house. Um, that mixed with the black light creates a completely different color than just the black light alone. And then so then there's just the black light and then no light at all. So I try to... Um, to let people see as much of it as possible, even though it's really a difficult thing to communicate yeah, on the internet. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard enough to capture a static image that doesn't change. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so, but this gives you kind of a feel for the idea. Now, yeah. the other thing that I think is interesting about how you, how you do your work is, is that you are now funded through Patreon. Yes. That is super exciting. That's not something that, was ever available to um, especially classical artists Mm -hmm. up until Patreon, really. So I I always tell people that I'm so grateful because I think now is one of the best times, if not the best time in history, to be an artist. Um, Because my personal story with Patreon, um, it was so 
profoundly timed for me. Um, I'd been working my butt off for a number of years throwing my own shows, which is just that's kind of how the art market moved eventually. If you wanted to kind of make a name for yourself um, in the late kind of 2000s, that was what a lot of us were doing or trying to do. So I was doing that for a long time. But, you know, being every single part of the art business and the gallerist and the marketing department and salesperson, all of those things. I mean, that's exhausting. It's a ton of work that I was doing myself um, with the help of my husband. And um, so I did that for a number of years, but at one point in 2013, I was like, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this long term. I mean, at some point I'm going to be older and I'm not going to be able yeah. to uh, put out that much energy. It sounds exhausting just hearing about all Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. I don't want to, uh-huh. you know, yeah. uh, dissuade anyone fun from things that. Are often but exhausting. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I got to 2013 and I just realized that it was not sustainable for me. And I, I was readying myself to quit, to be honest, because I just didn't know how I was going to be able to continue and meet all of our uh, just regular uh, expenses as we were, because it, it costs a lot of money to be an artist too, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so so I was just sort of struggling and it was literally the last month, um, the same month of my very last show that I had thrown for myself. And I was thinking that, all right, this is it. This is going to be my last show. I can't do this anymore. Same month. Uh, I stumbled upon Patreon Mm -hmm. and at first I was like, what is this? I don't know if this is for me. Is this just for musicians? Cause at that time it was very small. And so I, I kind of just stalked the company for a few months to see what the vibe was and just decided, you know what, there's not a lot of painters here. I don't see a lot of people doing this, but I'm going to be the one who, who does it if no one else is. So I just jumped in and I immediately found that I loved it and people were very supportive. I was a little worried about that, but people were super happy to support me um, in in this just kind of ongoing, sustainable way uh, to allow me the the breathing room every month um, to be able to make art by by helping fund my basic expenses. It was just this revolutionary um, experience for me. And I spent the last five years, uh, as you know, building up my Patreon more and more, being very active. Um, with it. And as of now, it's completely replaced my show income that I was working so hard for every year. So now I'm actually able to um, finally even think about if I wanted to do a show again in the future. Now I have um, the option rather than it either being kind of a have to or not at all. Mm -hmm. So... Well, and I think what may be surprising to a lot of people is the idea that you could support art on Patreon because it it feels like a Kickstarter thing. It's a thing right. you make, and then if I back it on Kickstarter, I get it. So how do you how do you on an ongoing basis, which is what Patreon's good at, support art? For me, it's forming a relationship with my patrons very specifically and communicating to them with them on a on a personal basis showing them what my life is like as an artist um showing them the process that's something that i think is hard for a lot of artists it was hard for me for a long time because we're we're conditioned to kind of want to show people the end result the the final product it's all shiny and polished um but 
that's not something that people can kind of build relationships on. Mm -hmm. And Patreon lets us have this opportunity where we can like talk to our patrons on a daily basis about what we're going through, um, the the different nuances of our work, if we're having um, a creative problem or if we're having a creative achievement, all of those things we can share with our patrons. And I try to share the both the highs and the lows that I've gone through with them so that we are really facing this as a team and um, each one of my patrons can feel proud um, that they helped me uh, move forward with my art. I think that's the most exciting thing is that together we feel like we are a group kind of adding more art to the world. And I'm honored that they're allowing me to be a conduit for them. Um, and that makes me just want to honor that even more and um, make more art and, and communicate back with them uh, even stronger. Yeah, because you you do have prints as, as things that people can get for backing you, but it's not yes. really the main thing. There's live broadcasts and 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 columns and and things like that. Right. right. Yes, it's it's definitely designed to be interactive. That's mm-hmm. the way that I'm looking at it. I'm trying to build kind of a, a mini community uh, around my Patreon page where we can talk about different things, not just my art, um, but uh, it's open to talk about ideas, philosophy, um, even up space for other artists to come mm-hmm. and commune with other artists. That would be my ideal. I like the idea of um, us having a very interactive Patreon rather than uh, it being so separate and as though we're little islands. Mm-hmm. I would like us to be kind of connected more and and more interactive and more participatory. Well, and it really ties into the the sort of historical notion of patronage, where yes. <laughs> someone very directly is 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 helping an artist create something. Right. And it's, it is a much better balance now because historically there would be a lot of when, when someone uh, was a big patron, they would often essentially own you. Yeah. <laughs> you, would, you would live in their uh, home even and create just for them. Um, whereas this, it's, it's much more um, about liberating the artist rather than um, kind of squeezing what you want out of the artist. Now um, patrons are saying, you know what, I'm just going to let you do you. And the artist has the responsibility then at that point to, um, in my opinion, live up to mm-hmm. that uh, support and um, make sure, I mean, I think it's our responsibility for these people who are funding us to come up with ideas, to come up with good ideas. I think that's part of our job is to set the, the bar higher for us. And um, since we have the support, just keep aiming higher. That's what our patrons um, want us to do. Oh, that's it's fantastic, folks. If you if you haven't checked it out, of course, I mentioned uh, shaylamaddox dot com, uh, but also patreon dot com slash shaylamaddox, and it's spelled S H A Y L A M A D D O X. Of course, we'll have links on our website as well. Uh, Shayla, thanks so much for taking the time with talking with us today. This was really fun. Thank you so much. I love talking about um, Patreon and certainly uh, art and science. (laughs) And folks, uh, thank you for being patrons of us that allow us to do this. uh, And we hope we live up to your expectations. That's why we (laughs) keep doing it. Patreon.com slash DTNS, of course, for that. We'll talk to you next time.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.